hear our brother Bruce as he delivers the word that God has laid on his heart. Amen. Well, good morning, gentlemen. You know, I wanted to start out by saying um, how much I appreciate you guys. You know, I, I get the privilege of leading you guys in worship every week. And, you know, it's interesting because I was talking to me and Joe Pagetti and Tim Haney were on Sunday were just talking about the men's group. And I said, think about this a minute, that we meet every week at 6.30 in the morning. How many groups do you know of that do that? How many, how many years have we been doing this, Pastor Tom? 20, maybe? 20 years. So that's, that's a long time to be able to get together and stay consistent. You know, we've had ebbs and flows. But I look at this group, I said, this is a good-sized group, that we come here at 6.30, and are able to share with each other. And I just wanted to let you guys know what a privilege it is to serve you guys. Um, anyway, that's, just wanted to say that. And worship team, how about these guys? Were they great or what? <laughs> these guys were awesome. I loved it. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, guys. Um, what's been on my heart uh, s uh, several months ago, I, I had said a little blurb during the during the worship, and Pastor Tom asked me if I would expand on that. So the Lord took me to many different passages, but he really took me, ended up, I, end, I landed on Colossians. If you guys want to turn, if you have your, your smartphones or your, your pads or your, your Bibles, feel free to turn to Colossians chapter 1, this verses 9 through 13, and the main, the, my main uh, verse will be focused on 13. So I'm going to read that. It says, For this cause... We also, since the day we heard, heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Giving thanks unto the Father with which hath made us to be, meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. And here's verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. The Living Bible says, for he has rescued us out of darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. Uh, so let's talk about darkness, kind of a place we don't like to talk about, right? Um, how many were saved as kids? Okay, quite a few. How many were saved as adults? Okay, so many of us as adults can, can remember how dramatic it was. It, and you know what? Everybody has a story. I don't care if you were six or if you were 60. My wife was saved when she was six. I was 22. And everybody has a story. Every one of us in this room has a story as a testimony. So the fact is we might remember that part when we were in that dark place, right? Where we don't, we don't, we didn't see the light. We were blind because the enemy had blinded us. And um, darkness, wh what is darkness? Who can give me a definition of darkness? Lack of light, right, exactly, lack of light. How about spiritual darkness? Absence of truth, that's right. Or, or separation from God, right? You're, you are, you're in darkness. And the one thing that Lord was revealing to me is looking at this text here 
is, is if you think about it, if, if, we have, if I have a blindfold on, I, I still have light around me in this room. But the fact is, if I turn those lights off, I am in darkness. And the fact is, when we were unsaved, those of us who are, hopefully all of us are saved in this room, and if you're not, please see me afterward or one of the pastors, and we'd love to, love to pray with you. But the fact is, this is where we were. This was my, this was my habitation. This is where I, uh, I that was where my residency was. I was in darkness. That's where I camped. That's where all I knew. But once I came out into his marvelous light or into the kingdom of his, your son, that's where I resided. Um, uh, another definition, uh, let me go back to this here, says, so, okay, let me ask you this, what, what was missing in your life spiritually when you were in darkness? Peace. That's the first thing I thought of, too. I, I had no peace with God because I was separated from God. And you know, the thing is, is the, 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 the day before, the hour before, the minute before, the second before, the nanosecond before I was saved, I was in darkness going to hell, just like anybody else. But God delivered me. Um, is there any gray areas there? Can anybody see any gray areas? Um, Pastor Tom and I were raised in a denomination where we talked about there's a kind of a holding place if you if you want to be here, but that's not biblical, is it? Um, let me read to you the text, uh, Luke 16. Pastor Dwayne actually read this text on Sunday, which is interesting, but it, it talks about the rich man and uh, Lazarus. It says, there was a certain rich man, if you want to follow along with me, feel free to, Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 31. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented, tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. And gulf is just uh, nothing more than eternal separation from God. Once you decide, am I going to stay in darkness or am I going to come to the light? Or am I going to be into the light or into his, the kingdom of his dear son? You make a choice here on earth. But once that happened, there was no way. It's kind of like, me standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon says, I'm going to jump across the other side. It's impossible, right? You can't do it. It's impossible. So that is a picture of what, um, what hell is like. And I, can I just share something with you guys? Don't water down hell. There's churches out there. It's just for whatever reason, they get to this point to where they say, well, you know, there could be a hell. God wouldn't send anybody 
Now, I thank God we have a church, we have a pastor that preaches hell. He just spoke on it on Sunday. He talked about it. And you know what? That is so important. Because if, if, if we go along with life telling your life, you're, you're okay. You're okay. No, you're not. Because we all need a Savior. If there's not a hell, why in the world did we need a Savior? Now, I want to talk about being translated. Because you were, oh, was, you were in darkness, and now you're translated. So you went out of, into. Out of, into. It's more than just seeing darkness and seeing light. You, you were brought out of that darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Uh, we used to go, years ago, my wife and I used to go, man, this is back in the early 80s. Uh, actually, yeah, 82, when we were dating. We went to a, uh, at, Grand Rapids, at that time it was Grand Rapids Baptist College. And um, Dr. Victor Matthews spoke on, uh, uh, every Thursday night, he had a Thursday night Bible class. And he was an amazing man. But it, someone would come up to him, he says, you know, people come up to me and say, keep looking up. And I say, well, keep looking down. I said, what does that mean? He goes, because we're already seated in the heavenlies. And that's a fact. We are translated into his kingdom. We're seated in the heavenlies. It doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. All have sinned, come short of the glory of God. And thank God for 1 John 1, 9. For if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and forgives our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Thank God for that verse. Because we all mess up, right? But I'm talking about people who are lost. Um, I was looking at, um, I was thinking about a life mo uh, lifeboat analogy. If someone is in, I know, Joe, you're just talking about being on a ship, and you'd know this better than I, but I was just reading uh, on, uh, the, there, was, there was a thing that if a man fell overboard on a, on a boat, they have a thing called the Anderson turn and the Williamson turn. I have no idea. I, I'm, not, I'm not a sailor. I, I'm not, I haven't any idea what that means, but there's a way to go back around and pick that guy up. And the fact is, they're going to have to hurry because this guy, hypothermia is going to get him, if anything, right? But the, here's, the, here's the deal. That guy, if they get to him, and they said, grab the ring or whatever it is they throw out to him, that guy could say, well, you know, no, I'm good. I'm good. Or he could grab it. Now, if he says, I'm good, guess what? He, that is within miles, that is the only life-saving device he has, that boat. I mean, you're in the middle of an ocean. It's only a matter of time before hypothermia, sharks, whatever is going to get to you. You're going to die. It's plain and simple because you're in the, this vast ocean. But that one ship draws you out and puts you in to that safe place. Out of, into. What does into mean? Expressing movement or action with the result of something uh, becomes enclosed or surrounded by something else. Um, just like you put a bottle of milk in the refrigerator, close it, it's surrounded by refrigeration, right? You're into. Um, the, there's a, in 2 Samuel 22, 17, it says, he drew me out of many waters. There's another translation that says, he drew me out of the ocean. The fact is, that same guy 
who didn't grab that ring. When he sees that ship come around, he says, yes, and he grabs a hold of it. And he grabs a hold of it, and they draw him out, and they put him in. He was saved. Think about the, 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 the lengths that that ship went to just to get that one man. And that's what, that's what God does. He says he leaves the 99 and goes for the one, right? And, and the fact is every person here who knows Jesus as our Lord and Savior can remember a time when they were in that dark place, that, that place where it says, I was in darkness. I was in the, I was in the power of Satan. You know, I was a nice guy. But the fact is, I needed a Savior. Um, we, we live in a culture, I guess you say, they, they don't like dark or light. They want that gray area. You know, there are many ways to God. That's, just, that's what they say, right? But if that boat is Jesus, he's the only way, right? He is the only way to salvation. We, we like to, t to just have those gray areas, and the fact is we don't. We can't. So when I was in that dark place, back when I was, when I was a kid, um, when I was 11 years old, I was raised a good Catholic kid. Um, I, I had great family. My mom and dad loved each other. They loved their kids, fa uh, family of eight kids. And... Uh, good Polish Catholic family, very faithful. Um, but when I was 11 years old, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how he, God even used that, how God used that. Because when I was 11, I went up north with a friend of mine, and uh, they, had a they had a cottage over on Lake Superior. And it was uh, really beautiful, you know. And, and but the first two days, I had never been away from home yet. So I was, the first two days, I was homesick. I, just, I was just homesick, you know. After that, I was fine. I was nothing to it. I had a blast. But first two days, my, my solace was to sing holy, holy, holy. That's all I knew. That's all I could remember. Was, God, give me comfort. Give me strength. You know, I, I just need that. So I was singing holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. I was just singing it over and over and over again. And I, I felt like I caught a glimpse of God's grace. But in a song I wrote years ago called Eleven, um, the one of the lines says, 11 years later, I came to know you. I found your forgiveness at age 22. So 22, I got saved. 22 years old, um, I'm living in Ramblewood, Ramblewood South. Now, you may not believe it, but at the time, that was the creme de la creme of the apartments for bachelors and for crazy people. It was just, and I, I had a, I was known for, I really loved to, to host parties. That was just kind of a thing that I did. I just loved to do it. So I'd say, hey, guys, uh, I'll provide the kegger, weed, whatever, and you bring whatever else you want. So I, I, when I was, my roommates moved out, I had an extra master bedroom that I, I set up euchre tables or poker tables. So we would just, I, I swear we broke fire code because I had so many people in there. But it was just something I did, but I was empty. You know, I was in that dark place. Nice guy, but I was in that dark place. That's where I was living. That was my residency. And God was speaking to me. So I worked at the Keebler Company at the time. That's where I met my wife. That's where I met a lot of godly people. Just 
God used those people like you can't believe. So a friend of mine, I, we meet in the locker room, and he comes up to me. We're just casually putting our stuff away. He goes, hey, Bruce, do you read the Bible? And I said, no. He said two words. Two words that think about the questions you ask people and what the response is or whatever. He, he asked me a question. I said no, and he said, you should. That's all he said. And he went away. He didn't go in any sermon. He said, you should. It's like a spiritual knife just cut me. <laughs> I, I, can't, I just couldn't shake it. So I went home to my apartment. The only thing I had was a good news for modern man. Remember that? Little New Testament. And I, well, I'll start in the beginning just like any other book. So I started in Matthew. I started reading it and reading it and reading it. And man, I was getting stuff that I never knew. So I'm reading it, and I'm, wow, this is awesome. This is amazing. I, n I never knew there could be this kind of treasure because we weren't really taught to read the Bible. We were taught to read these, you know, formulas, these, you know, catechisms, learn those, but you just don't read the Bible. That's for somebody else to understand. So I just devoured it. Uh, and at that point, all of a sudden, I'm getting hungry, so I start, uh, I had, I had, Backing up a little bit, during that time, God's speaking to me. So I'm saying, Lord, I can't do this anymore. So I'm, I, I was, my friends were over. I brought my tray out, you know, scraped up some seeds. I said, we're going to do this last bit. And, and that we did it, and I got miserable. I said, Lord, I need you. I don't want this anymore. So that point, I could take you right to the spot. 2561 Apartment C, Woodlake. I could take you right to the spot, the kitchen sink. Matter of fact, I'd love to knock on their door and say, could I go to that spot a minute? <laughs> if, if they were unbelievers, they would probably freak out, you know. But if it was a believer, they'd say, yeah, you know. But it, it's just I could take you to the spot that I, my life changed. And that was where the point where I was brought out of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. I was in a dark place. I knew it. I didn't have peace. I didn't have that joy, really. I had unrest. You can be the nicest guy in the world and yet not have that. But God brought me out of that in, into the kingdom of his dear son. And I remember, you know, talking about reading the word, I remember going to Zondervan's. Who remembers Zondervan's? Everybody Okay, Zondervan's was the place for Christian books, Bibles, whatever. So I'd go up there. Oh, I've got to get these, got to get Bibles. I'd buy Bibles for people. I'd, and I, I remember buying this pocket New Testament about this thin. And it was, man, that print was small, King James Version, about that big. And I put that in my back pocket. It was curved in my butt. I mean, it was like this. But I devoured that thing. I would go to coffee shops. Oh, I don't know how much coffee I drank. I drank a lot of coffee. But I read a lot of word, and that's all I was doing. I'd go in there, shh, I just call me word, call me word. It was like, wow, I got this lifeline. Now we got these smartphones, great. But this was, this was something that when you discover something like that, you realize that, hey, I'm no longer in darkness. I want to grow now, and I wanna, I'm translating the kingdom. The, the whole reason I'm bringing this message to you 
is that there's people in our lives. How many have someone in their life they frustrate you? A relative, a friend, a coworker, Hollywood, whatever it is. You, you hear them say something that just, you go, oh, right? It, 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 your blood pressure goes up, right? But let, let's, just, let's just think about this a minute. They operate from a dark place. They operate from that, that that's their residency. And if we, can't, if we can understand that, knowing that we were there, God wants to have mercy on them just like he had mercy on me. He wants us to have mercy on them. That's a dark place that they're in, and they need to be translated. Right? They need to be translated into his kingdom. So look at them through the eyes of Jesus that they need a Savior. You know what my catch-all phrase has been? When someone is lost and they say something stupid, I said, they just need Jesus. It's, it's, it's no more complicated than that. They need Jesus. And when you start to realize that, people, you, you'll look at through them for, as a, from a different lens. You'll look at them and say, you know what? I have compassion for you. And this is my challenge for you guys. Think of one person, one. And I've been, it's been challenging me too. I have one particular person that I've been praying for. That one person that's lost, and pray for them every day. Make it your goal. Make it your goal to pray for them every day into the kingdom. You know, as a guy who has a, a big family, it's easy to do these blanket prayer, prayers, you know. And, you know, I've been praying for my family for over 40 years. I got saved 41 years ago. And you continue to do that. Now I've got factions. I've got nieces and nephews who are born again, which is so cool. But my main siblings, not so much. So I've been, I've, it's been challenging me. And if you can think of somebody in your life that you can pray for every day, pray them into the kingdom because God wants to do a work in them too. So this is my thing, and I, I've, I've been praying about how to, how to wrap this up. I want you to guys, if you could, at your table, real quick, I want you to share your testimony in a nutshell if you can. I, I know this is maybe take the next five minutes, and I'll close it. Take five minutes, and just share your testimony in a nutshell. You don't have to be long. Try to take a minute if you can, maybe less, and say, hey, you, you can say this. You know, I, this is how I was raised. I got born again when I was 23 years old. And my life hasn't been the same since. Whatever, you know. Don't have to be, have to be long-winded. But here's the thing. This is what I'm thinking of doing. Because everybody has a story. I'd love to hear your stories. Wouldn't it be cool? You know, I, I like to do podcasts. I like to do series. Wouldn't it be cool to have a series on testimonies? I did, you know, like, like doing Pastor Tom's, doing Randy's, doing Pastor David's, doing Kurt's, whoever. And just do your testimony. I just love to hear your story and get it on record. There's power in that. You know how much power there is there? That God brought you out of that dark place and he puts you into his kingdom? That's incredible. And if we had those on, on, rec on record, boy, I don't think the enemy would like that too much. Because we're overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So go ahead. Take the next four, about five minutes. And go ahead and share your testimony in a nutshell.
Okay, guys, let's wrap this up. Um, I know that probably not everybody got to share their testimony, but it, you know, I encourage you to just do that uh, organically even, you know. Maybe uh, feel free, you know, as you're mingling, whatever, share your testimony, but we have to wrap things up. But um, I also want to make the invitation to you guys that, um, you know, we assume that everybody knows is, is not in that dark place anymore. We're assuming that, but if there's anybody who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you to come forward, or I'll, I'll, I'll be glad to, to pray with you, Pastor Tom, or Pastor Tim, or Pastor Ricky, any one of us, Lord, would be, you know, we'd be willing to pray for, for you guys, but I just want to, um, to pray for us and, uh, and just wrap this up. Thank you, Father, that you have brought us out of darkness into the kingdom of your dear Son. Thank you, Father, that we no longer reside in that dark place, but we are part of your kingdom. We are already seated in the heavenlies. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're using us, and we, this is the best, our best days are yet ahead. And it's because you are walking alongside us. It says in your word, apart from you, we can do nothing. So, Lord, we take all glory and put it in your hands and give it to you because all glory belongs to Jesus Christ. It doesn't belong to us. We thank you, Father, that the enemy is defeated. We thank you that we walk not according to the course of this world, but according to your word. We pray, Father, that you bless each guy here. I thank you, Father, for your shed blood over them and their families. I thank you, Father, that you're doing a work in us. He which hath begun a good work in us will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We love you. We give you praise. We give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen.